hey andrew you're gonna do a show mm, uh, sure <laughs> just having some sipping chocolate what's uh what is sipping chocolate well it is trader joe's uh version of like a european style hot chocolate so it's like a oh. darker chocolate mm. you know not like a swiss miss which is way too sweet yeah yeah well, yeah <laughs> But they only come out with it like every November or so. So I have to stock up. I look like a ridiculous person. I have four tins in my cart. I'm like, hello. Hello, sir. Please check me out. Is that the only thing in your cart? Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it's very good. It's very tasty. Trader Joe's isn't paying us to say this, although I wish they would Uh, get in touch. Happy to be an influencer. Yeah. The I've I think I've had a Godiva version of something like it was like a it was like a thick yeah that's boy. probably not yeah 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 that's probably not too far off. It was pretty enjoyable. Um, it was like it was like very comforting. Yeah, I, I don't remember how I found out about this, but uh, you know it's been my wintertime treat for like four years now, so. I'm very happy for you. It's definitely cold times and definitely calling for warm beverages. I've been, um, I've been drinking a lot of broths, like a, yeah. some old Dickensian. Right. Person. Some Bovril. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that that exists. <clears throat> right. Yeah. It's just like a hot brown liquid. <laughs> it's beautiful to me. Yeah. It totally is. It's wonderful. But, uh, you know, if you're listening along, uh, take this brief moment, pause the program, go get yourself a hot beverage and we'll continue. Yeah, we'll be here when you come back. Listen, I'm, I'm here all day for you. Welcome to steamy beverage talk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. A, it is. A, I have a steaming hot take, which is that this is steaming hot. And I've taken it. <laughs> You've taken it. That sounds um, sounds a little <laughs> saucy. Mm-hmm. Saucy. Mm-hmm. Hey. <laughs> um, maybe it's spicy. Speaking hey! of delicious. Speaking of delicious powders, yeah. uh, I've just returned from the Penzi's Spice Company, and uh, we love it. Have you been to a Penzi's Spice? I no, I've never been to a uh, any spice. Really. So Pensy Spices is just a wonderland of spices and seasonings. And you go in there and, uh, well, the first thing that you know you're in the right place is that right front and center, they have diamond crystal kosher salt, mm. i.e. the right kind. The right salt? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that Morton kosher salt. I had to break down and get freaking Morton a couple of weeks ago, and it was it was uh. the worst. Everything I was salting was, and this is the miracle, it was too salty. That's a oh, miracle. Geez. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that is. There's happens. almost no such thing as too salty for me, but. Right. Pens- but yeah, so they've got that. But, you know, they've got a large variety of spices and seasonings of all kinds. And you can get it, you know, you can get a little tiny little jar. Or you can get like a big old bag of stuff. And they have, you know, they have like crazy. I mean, they have like six different kinds of cinnamon based on geographic origin. So, you know, you can be like, well, do I want the uh, Ceylon cinnamon or do I want the. Uh, the Indian cinnamon or hmm. Hmm. and you can buy like a giant bottle of vanilla for like a hundred dollars if you need that much vanilla. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you know, you, that'd be different. You, you, you go I out and you make just a, got four of those big old things of vanilla. Right, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I got to make a lot of cookies. <laughs> like, a lot. Um, like your Joanna said, yeah. Uh, 
the on their on their front page, their front page of their website, because I went there to for the store locator. Oh yeah, um, yeah. They're advertising something called Pico Fruta. Oh, interesting. Pico, Pico now, Fruta to taste on all your favorite fruits. Uh, it's like a basically it's a ripoff of tahine. It looks like. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you know that's well, not I too mean, bad. It's an artisanal tahine. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I got some garam masala, so we'll see how that is. I'm sure it'll be good. Uh, nice. I'm, I've become such a, such a pretentious turd that I now grind my own, uh, garam masala. Oh, well, you could get all the ingredients and grind it yourself from Penzi's. Well, that's true. Sure enough. Uh, the other reason we like Penzi's is because they're anti-Trump and quite openly so. So. Oh, wait, well, that's a spicy take. Yep. Uh, (laughs) they, they have been, uh, they had, um. Well, okay, so their I went to their Facebook page. Their most recent post as of October thirty first begins with impeach this president for good. I like it. <laughs> uh, but they have been spending uh they, they had a promotion, I think, a couple weeks ago where all of the proceeds from a given day's sales went into Facebook ads that they were placing that were basically like impeach the president. They're actually doing more with like that than like actual political organizations. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. But yeah. That's um, kind of cool. That's yeah. that's that's like harnessing the thing that I think um right-wing people and like politicians and pundits and things like that understand that people left-wing people like a lot of them don't well, at least liberals don't quite understand is that like um, just dunking on your enemies is very motivating for people. Mm-hmm. Now you can argue about whether it should be, <laughs> whether it's necessarily productive, but like there's a lot of, there's a lot of goodwill you can buy from just simply doing stuff like that. <laughs> they also have, I want to link you this post <laughs> from July 24th that they made. Um, I feel like me. this is, a teensy bit cringy but it's also kind of funny oh i can't okay wait it's not i'm now we've run into a problem because i am i'm off facebook well so am i but i can still get to it oh no i i like have it blocked at the (laughs) the root level (laughs) like i I can't even so read me this post Oh, so it says Schiff, Trump and his campaign welcomed and encouraged Russian interference. Mueller, yes, Schiff. And then Trump and his campaign lied about it to cover it up. Mueller, yes, not a nothing burger. If you were on the Penzi's voice of cooking email list, you would have known this administration's collusion with the Russian government was not a nothing burger for more than two years now. You would also have and be enjoying the Zardust Memories Nothing Burger recipe. <laughs> and the picture is of Penzi's Spice Zardust Memories Russian-style seasoning. <laughs> and there's a burger, too, the Zardust Nothing Burger. <laughs> I, I can't tell. This is so funny because I can't tell whether this completely slaps and owns or whether it's like neoliberal Resistance brain. wine. Mom, yeah, stuff. I mean, yeah, uh, it's pretty good though. I think it's written tongue in cheek enough that, it, yeah. like, they have to be self aware of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in that case, it freaking owns. <laughs> Speaking of owning completely, mm-hmm. um, we're gonna do a big, uh, a big, huge event, uh. On November yeah. 9th that we want people to know about. A special engagement, a special <laughs> program, programming note. Uh, on November 9th at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, uh, on my Twitch, which is linked in the show notes, I think I'll probably try and get 
uh, the good folks, uh, Chris and Kyle, to maybe host uh, on the mm. good stuff Twitch, yeah. host my my Twitch channel. Uh, but we're going to do a um, an episode, and it'll involve a presentation, which is why it's on tr- uh, Twitch, a, a PowerPoint presentation um, about the Berlin Wall, um, which is now I know. What- now, I know what you guys are thinking right off the bat. A PowerPoint presentation about the Berlin Wall, won't that be too sensorily uh, powerful? Won't the that answer just be is too yes. Much? The answer is yes. It's yeah, going to be an experience. We advise that you wear uh, any sort of diaper that you can get. Exactly, yeah. Buckle up. Um, <laughs> Buckle up, Buttercup. <laughs> right. Uh, so November 9th uh, will be the 30th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. So on that day, we're going to uh, take a look back and um, consider the history of the Berlin Wall, how it came to be and remain and then go away. Uh, and I will so be fact checking and I will be providing uh, Pinocchio. Punching it up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, my Pinocchios are going to be wearing uh, Lederhosen. Well, so that's that only appropriate. Yeah. yeah. What's the German for Pinocchio? I like it. <laughs> Isn't Pinocchio German? No, he's Italian, huh? Yeah, no, that's Italian. <clears throat> of course. Is now there I'm like gonna... an equivalent character to Pinocchio in Italian German or in German folklore? German Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> um, all I'm finding it will... Um... There is an East German film entitled <laughs> Pinocchio. Yeah, uh, and now we're going to watch it right now. Yeah. <laughs> He's snoring. What? How is he snoring? He's waking up. Huh? Huh? Hmm? Das <laughs> yeah, that's German for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, I, it, 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 there's a German Pinocchio is just Pinocchio. So, yeah. Anyhow, this is uh, I gave this presentation in a much more abbreviated form in person at the local nerd night here. I had about 20 minutes, so I'm excited to not have quite such a strict time limit because there's a lot I had to skip over, which I think is important. So it's history class time. I'm, I'm excited for it because I'm not super knowledgeable on it. And if you like me are not super knowledgeable on it and want to get the knowledge and um, celebrate international Berlin wall day. <clears throat> yeah. We're going to draw some parallels between now and then you will find I mean, that there are several. And we're probably going to find that it wasn't just uh, as the, as boomers would say that, you know, Ronald Reagan just went over there and was like, Tear down this wall, bench. Yeah, there's <laughs> a quite down. a turns out about that in particular. So yeah, yeah. Um, and speaking of boomers, there's a there's a new trend that um, it's been going on for a while, but now the <laughs> the New York Times has picked up on it. Right, which and... means it's official now, <laughs> officially ruined rather. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, there's this article titled by by taylor taylor lawrence okay boomer marks the end of friendly generational relation now it's war gen z has finally snapped over climate change and financial inequality and i was actually surprisingly i i I thought this i thought this take was surprisingly good like the article was actually fairly good um for those of you who just want to say i just want to say welcome 
<laughs> welcome to the resistance. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to the jungle, et cetera, et cetera. The yeah. thing, the thing is that like those of us who've, who've been very online and particularly in, uh, places that have a lot more zoomer presence, like TikTok or whatever, Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, we've been aware of this thing for a while. Right. Um, and us millennials have done, we've had our own uh, shut the F up boomer. Right. Th- that was our thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But theirs is just like, and this, I think this tells you the difference between the generations because they're just like, okay, boomer. Like, they're not even like, <laughs> I don't, yeah. you don't even deserve my anger. You're so stupid. Yeah. i'm not even gonna like give you the just to give you the dignity of a response exactly right it's like yeah it's like you know what you go (laughs) on ahead (laughs) yeah and so there's a it's just this meme you can read all about it in the article they've the teens have been uh doing things and they've made a song um that with the chorus i the way they describe the chorus is that um The chorus consists of uh, Mr. Williams, that's Jonathan Williams, a 20-year-old college student. The chorus consists of Mr. Williams screaming, okay, boomer, repeatedly into the mic. But like the way they describe it, that's not, I don't know. I think you get the wrong idea, but here's here's what the chorus is. Okay, boomer, okay, boomer, okay, boomer, okay, boomer, So, I mean, it's, it's perfectly it's more... distilled for reactions. <laughs> yeah. And so that, you know, there's like a lot of TikTok videos of people reacting, you know, t- telling their dr- dramatizing the their encounters with boomers. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'd be lying if I told you that I hadn't spent hours and hours just scrolling through that tag. Oh, it's a delight. <laughs> Just watching the okay boomers. Oh. It, is, it is beautiful to me. <laughs> it is so beautiful. Folks, you love to see it. It's a wonderful thing. It's uh I mean it makes yeah, me so happy. You know, we've been fighting this war uh for a long time now, and I'm just not uh glad to have like some fresh troops, you know? Yeah, the welcome comrades. Yeah, exactly. The thing is the thing is that if your reaction is Oh no, are they going to use this against me? Am I going to become a boomer now? Oh no, oh no. I think check yourself before you wreck yourself. Like, right. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> just don't be a boomer. It's that, I mean, that's like <laughs> such, that's such like a teenager answer. Like, it's that easy. Oh, just don't be a boomer then. Yeah, right. Problem solved. Exactly. So, oh. So, uh, have you heard of this website, uh, Deadspin? It, it Dead, as far as <laughs> Deadspin, or perhaps Deadspin. Oh, wow. Dead, Deadspin. Deadspin. Uh, sports news without access, favor, or discretion. Although currently it's nothing at all. And uh, so, there's been something happening with this website, and indeed this agglomeration of websites of which Deadspin is a part um lately um mm-hmm. are you familiar with the gizmodo media group yes right. yes so uh that was sold to private equity which as we know is the smartest thing you can possibly do 
And they promptly renamed it Go Media or G slash O Media because uh, I guess they want to <laughs> emphasize that the onion is also a part of it. Um, and promptly began ruining all of it. Uh, and that came to a head this week. I added this item to our show notes like on Monday, not realizing just how bad it would get. Because on Monday, I think, I don't call, quite recall the whole timeline of this because it happened through the whole week. But basically, um, Deadspin is nominally Go Media's uh, sports website. But of course, it covers far more than actual sports. I mean, as far as I'm aware, Deadspin is the home blog of David Roth. Right, exactly. Who is, like... um, <laughs> perhaps one of the most cogent writers about Trump in this age. So, I, yeah, nobody, and he's a sports writer, but nobody nails it like him. So, yeah. Um, but it's just been a place for like all sorts of thoughtful, joyful content, like the, the hate reading of the Williams Sonoma catalog every year that <laughs> Drew Magari does. Um, <laughs> but this did not sit well. Um, with the new owners of Go Media, who 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 declared to Deadspin that it should stick to sports, um, and so that was bad enough on its own uh, because it's proof that the people who bought the company have no idea why anyone <laughs> visits any of the websites. Yeah. Also, that they don't like because basically the whole point of the Gizmodium Media Group websites is that they speak truth to power in a way um, that is completely unconcerned with the consequences. And this. Uh, obviously greatly annoys people who have power, which includes people in private equities. Of course, they didn't yeah. like that. They had to put a stop to that. Um, but, but they so, don't understand that that's the whole appeal of the web. Like, they don't understand exactly, that that's what precisely. gets people looking at the website. Precisely, yes. I didn't go to Deadspin to read about sports. I went to read about the many other things that they that they talk about, you know? Uh, yeah. But that's fine. They had to stick to sports. So um, they had a whole day in which they posted non-sports related content under the tag stick to sports. And uh, in response to this, um, the interim editor in chief, Barry Pacheski, was fired by Go Media for not sticking to sports. Um, <laughs> and then so that happened, I think, on Tuesday. Let me let me find out exactly. One moment, please. <clears throat> it's 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 hard to keep keep up with all this i mean it's just kind of like it is, you know it is very difficult yeah so we, weeks feel like they're compressed into like days <laughs> right i mean this feels like it did it, it happened like a month ago so yeah uh this happened on uh tuesday yes uh barry hat was fired and then Basically, the next day, the vast majority of the Deadspin writers resigned, and then it finally came to, on Friday, the very last writer who had been working for Deadspin resigned. So um, there, there are currently no like salaried staff employed at Deadspin, um, and from this point forward, any articles that are posted will be from like freelancer scab people. So um, yeah, they basically ruined this website by not understanding what the heck the point of it is. Um, and you can read, I put several um, articles in the show notes that sort of um, recap exactly what happened. It got so ridiculous because um, basically um, a writer for Jezebel, which is a sister site to Deadspin, uh, wrote an article on her personal Kinja blog, which is a thing you get called Jim Spanfeller is a, is a herb. And Jim yeah, Spanfeller what was that? 
So Jim Spanfeller is the current CEO of Go Media. He's the guy who's been putting out all these stupid mandates and generally being a complete idiot. Mm -hmm. um, if you look up idiot or um, clueless moron in the dictionary, it will show you a picture of Jim Spanfeller. Like if you look at pictures of him, he looks like a complete moron. His hair is terrible. Like he's a complete moron, obviously. So she wrote a, a post called Jim Spanfeller is a herb, um, which became very popular. In response, the Go Media folks first um, changed the URL of her personal Kinja blog so it couldn't be found. <laughs> then people found it again. So then they just deleted the post entirely. But now other people have reposted it. But it's just utterly ridiculous. And it got to this point where uh, Bernie tweeted in support of Deadspin. And I think Cory Booker did too. But Bernie tweeted, in stand, I stand with the former Deadspin workers who decided not to bow to the greed of private equity vultures like Jim Spanfeller. Which is pretty great. And then <laughs> people for Bernie tweeted the Jim Spanfeller is a herb <laughs> article. <laughs> so it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty great and also pretty terrible. It's kind of sad because, you know, uh, all of the people that, that wrote for Deadspin were pretty great. And now they're out of jobs because of the capricious stupidity of a bunch of morons. Um, and I worry that there's not quite, there's very few some people have remarked that there are increasingly fewer places for joyful writing on the internet. Um, yeah. And especially sort of. for, for all of it to accrete in one place, like everything's becoming uh, just disintegrated, you know? Yeah. Which some people point out, it's like, well, it's like we had blogs before and it's like, well, yes, but we also have lost the infrastructure to track blogs in the way that we used to be able to. So yeah. it's hard now. Um, you know, I still use an RSS reader, but not that many other people do. And like, you know, at this point, if you're not an Apple News or Google News, you might as well be dead to a lot I, of people. So. I honestly, I, I was just thinking about this yesterday. I haven't logged into my RSS reader that I pay for uh, in like eight months, maybe. Yeah, and it's even yeah. there. It's a pinned. It's a pinned tab. Let's see what happens when I log into. I use Newsblur. Okay, yeah. Or did use Newsblur? I guess I should say. But yeah. I'm just. I'm afraid to see how many um, articles it's going to load. <laughs> what my backlog is. I mean, the the progress bar just says counting is difficult. Mm. So Interesting. I imagine that it's uh, a lot. Not gone well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my news and politics tab uh, is like thousands of or folders, like thousands. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I guess I should be back in there. Like, I'm, I'm. Am I part of the? Am I the problem, Andrew? Maybe I don't know. Oh man. I mean, all I'm, what I'm mostly concerned about is that someone needs to to hire David J. Roth to continue writing about Seriously. Donald Trump. Somebody please hire him, please. The other folks should get jobs, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, but mostly, firstly, J David J. Roth and, and everybody else, but first him. Yeah, yeah. We got to take care of him first, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, no preference, um, <clears throat> but it, it comes down to taste. And speaking of taste, mm -hmm. I, have a, I have a hot taste take. Um, okay. This will be short. Um, but I just like to make a public announcement that Panda Express chow mein is trash. This does I, not surprise me. I've spent several years uh, latently upset about it. 
like we all recognize Panda Express isn't great. Right. Well, yeah. I, I so this be this started because I tweet or I was uh, uh, messaging you from yeah. there yesterday. I had gone there um, sort of as a last resort because I had run out of good ideas. So I found myself <clears throat> at Panda Express yeah. questioning my choices uh, and questioning them even greater as it became apparent that there was a very long line. Um, yeah. But yeah, you were like, I have thoughts about uh, the chow mein. So because I recently had, I recently got some. It was like a last. Uh, nothing sounded good. I'd eaten like burgers like three times. Panda Express is never a first choice. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I need something different. Living in California, I also had eaten a lot of Mexican food, so I was like, okay, what's the next option? Let's go to a different continent, Asia. Eh, Panda Express, whatever. It's quick. I can get it in like, I can get it door dashed in like twenty minutes. Okay. So I ordered some of that. I got one of those bowls with the chow mein and then uh, something on top. And I realized I had chopsticks. I, I eat a lot at chopsticks. Like at work in my uh, drawer, I just have a bulk bag of chopsticks that I order like every six months. I just get a like a gross of chopsticks <laughs> and uh, I bamboo chopsticks and I just eat, use them to eat my food at work. Like if I have a salad or whatever, and then I throw them away. So I have a lot of chopsticks and I tend to eat a lot of things with them. And I'm like, well, I've got Pan Express. I'll eat them with my chopsticks. And I tried to eat the chow mein with the chopsticks, but it was like nearly impossible because I noticed they cut the noodles to be like maybe an inch long. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> And I was like, I, there was something about it, the chow mein that always latently bothered me and I could never put my finger on it, but I really looked at it and I was like, this is, it's too short and you can't eat them with the chopsticks. And I think it's because they were designed to be eaten with forks. That makes a lot of sense to me. That's, I mean, that's like the, yeah, they generally assume, I mean, the places where they put Pan Express, it does not overlap with right. places where people know how to use chopsticks. It's not Chinese food for Chinese people. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, right. it's Chinese food for white people. And and that's just deeply upsetting to me. Like, how, like, you've, you've, you've taken a noodle and unnoodled it. Like, you've just said, what's the, what's the part about noodles that's really going to be hard for these, these mouth breathers? Oh, you know, well, they're pretty long. Okay, let's make them short. <laughs> so I every time I eat at Panda and get chow mein, I always like realize later on in the day that I've got like chow mein bits down my shirt. Mm. Like because they fell because I was eating and they fell out of my shirt. So not great. I don't know. Not great. Not great. So that's just my Panda Express take. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Um, you were banned from the server. Oh, now I got to now I got to really pop off. Oh, boy. You sent me. Uh, you're the first person to send of many. <laughs> to, oh, yeah. To, to send me <laughs> this this take uh, by Farhad Manju at at the uh, New York Times. Right. And uh, they have an opinion. Hmm. <laughs> they do. Yeah. <laughs> of of california and it's hmm. it's the end of california as we know it the fire and the blackouts are connected to a larger problem in this state a failure to live sustainably now right. i just i understand that california is a monument to man's arrogance essentially is that correct in your assessment <sighs> here's the problem 
Okay. Mm-hmm. It's it's extremely unbearably unbearably pretentious for people to all of a sudden realize, folks, I think California isn't perfect. Yeah, right. I, I always thought it was. Folks, folks, I've made a discovery. <laughs> folks, California had everything. It had the movie. It had the salad. It had it had even liberalism. And and but now it's bad? <laughs> oh no. My oh, my no. Whole conception is shattered and I can't understand anything anymore. Yeah. Buddy, California has never been perfect. Like <laughs> I don't I don't right. even know yeah. I now listen. I stand. I stand in California. I love California. I'm a big California. Behind me on, on my wall is a giant California flag. I'm a big fan of it. Okay, hmm. but it I is to, to 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 act as if it was uh, some sort of paradise that has now been shattered is a is a super uh, right yeah like poop oh, way of it seeing it was things. all going fine. It was all fine until lately, and now it's affected me. Right. Yeah, like if you never heard of like uh, the Watts riots, if you never yeah. heard of like the terrible things that happened in the gold rush, if you never heard about the the things that happened to Native Americans here, or you know, what I mean? like there's, right, yeah, there's yeah. like yeah, yeah. tons of history of things being wrong in California, the the income inequality, the all of this stuff, and it's it, to me, it's a cheap shot. Mm. Yeah, it's a, to yeah. just take something that's in the news and to try to like, well, well, I can write, I can do, you know, a thousand words on this. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, it just really bugs me. And I, I felt bad cause you sent me the article. It was kind of late at night and I was just like wall of text. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and, 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 and one of the big things is that what he's de- specifically describing as the impacts of income inequality and climate change, what she says are the results of, insustainable uh insustainability are things that poor and working class people have been living with in california since like forever right like as far as is uh none of this is new to a lot of the people that it's been affecting yeah yeah people have been affected by the income inequality and the environmental issues in california like it's i i remember there was like a big kind of change like somewhere around the bush admin uh, like maybe right before 9-11, but definitely after 9-11. It's like ever since then, basically for California, a lot of things have been kind of a slog. And we've at least working class people like me have definitely experienced issues of climate, you know, via fires and droughts and um, just crazy weather events. Uh pretty much ever since then consistently and it didn't all just magically go away when like obama came to office and uh wait a minute what and we had and we had lots of democrats you know and we got rid of arnold as the governor like (laughs) yeah and so it's very exhausting to hear people uh now that it now that it affects me a rich or i mean i don't i'm not i'm sorry i'm not trying to put that on farhad like they're probably more, you could say, professional class people. But 
Right. You know, the thing but about they they aren't living, you know, for example, where you are, where a lot of the effects are more acute, you know. Right. Like you yeah. you know the struggle of of like the drought and, and water rights yeah. related issues more so than than they do. Yeah, like so for instance where I live, the cost of water is through the roof um because the state as a whole said, "Okay, water districts, you we're going to give you the ability to like levy higher rates." to help curb water use, you know? Okay. And, yeah. That makes a lot of, mm. <laughs> that, that's, you know, the power of the markets. And the thing is the people, the, the, the corporations who own our local water utilities are like Canadian. Like they're not even from here. Oh, great. So it's just yeah. some conglomerate that owns the water utility in the Mojave de in his town in the Mojave desert. And they're like, sweet, let's jack up the rates, you yeah. know, because now we can make more money. And exactly. Let's get this going. Let's get this <laughs> thing. Meanwhile, moving. it takes water to do everything because we're in a drought. Right. But yeah. if you look at how much water we're consuming here compared to Beverly Hills, compared to uh it's the Central Valley farmers compared to, you know, like it's, it's infinitesimally more, right? small, You're like wasting water. <laughs> no, I leaving mean, your faucets here, on all the time. Yeah. No, people here are super conscious about how they use their water just because we live in a desert and that's, you know, the mindset we're in, like we're very aware of the impacts of it. Right. So they just basically are wringing money out of the poor and working class people in my area. Um, and, Meanwhile, while the, all that's going on, you've got private companies who own water rights uh, trying to sell basically the water to water districts in more affluent areas of California because they're using way more water than we are. And they're like, oh, we've got this aquifer that's basically untapped, you know, that's over here under the Mojave Desert. Let's sell it to people in Orange County so they can water their golf courses. Right. <laughs> and so they're they're commoditizing like something that's super precious and, Im and important into our ability to live. Meanwhile, they're jacking up the prices, you know. So it's all kind of like it's it that and that's just one small thing way that like climate <laughs> and yeah. it has affected people in this working class area that's actually like you know it's a pretty conservative area where i live mm -hmm. um but then you know meanwhile people in the bay area right <laughs> where where farhad's from are like insulated from a lot of this especially if you're like in the professional class and i mean and i mean they see yeah. things like homelessness um but you know what? I mean, I love, there's a lot of good people in the Bay area, but a lot of people in the Bay area see it as like a, they don't see it as something that people are suffering. They see it as a, an inconvenience and annoyance to them. Right. Which, well, there's such an individualist know. mindset that it's, you know, yeah, a and lot basically, of it is, it's like, it must be their personal failing. I guess the thing, the point I want to make is that there's a lot of California that's very different than the Bay area. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's that that take is very bad. Mm. Uh, we can throw it in the garbage. Do better, Farhad. Do better. Now, I have a uh, potential solution. <clears throat> Wealth. Does it involve markets? 
Uh, it does. Um, you so you you are probably familiar with the fact that um, Pacific Gas and Electric Company, a wonderful company that everybody loves for how reliable their electricity yeah. service is, <laughs> uh, has been shutting off power to various locations because their infrastructure is so bad that it's causing fires. Um, well, I mean, that's not their fault. They just have bad infrastructure, you know? I mean, it's not their fault that they haven't been paying to maintain their infrastructure. Um, and I mean, you, it's, you it's only fair have because to do it. you have to do the stock buybacks. You have to pay the CEOs huge bonuses. Right. And why, I mean, what you want to spend some money on some wires? Like where's the ROI on that? Come on, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Wires aren't making profits. So the obvious solution is to shut power off to hundreds of thousands, if not million of millions of people. Um, and this has opened up a new space for gas companies. Hmm? oh joy <laughs> yeah we love it um you see here's the thing electricity is no longer reliable because it could be shut off at any time which is why you should invest in gas microgrids uh <laughs> i'm gonna, gonna be, give that one a big old flushy Right. So here's a quote from uh, Southern California Gas Company, which told the state's Public Utilities Commission in August that communities affected by preemptive blackouts need a hedge other than electricity for obvious reasons. Electricity is the one energy supply that will be turned off. These communities could use gas-powered microgrids to keep the lights on, the gas company suggested. And it's like, uh, this is where you apply the... This is where you apply the your uh, for whom theory, which is, uh, you know, for whom is this good for? <laughs> and uh, when you consider that gas has generally been falling out of favor because it causes climate change, suddenly they're going, wait, wait a minute. There's a valid use for gas over here. And it's like, OK, no, no, I don't think so. Yeah, um, the, nat the natural gas people have really been wilding out in California, like really getting like cities to like ride into their laws, like a sort of like uh, w privileged place for natural gas. Right. You know, and they phrase it like yeah. clean and natural gas. Like, so this yeah. is just part of the well, we, we have a similar thing here. There's a company called Enbridge, uh, which is an oil and gas company, um, mm. which is headquartered in, take a guess. I don't know. I, I... Algary, Alberta. <laughs> Bruh, we love it. Th uh, th this is, you know what? I'm sick of the Canadians skating by on their, oh, we're just nice, little, polite, and happy, friendly Canucks. This is the our, thing. This is, this is the thing. Playing hockey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is the thing people observed about Justin Trudeau is that he would go to the climate march on Monday, and then the next day he would, like, push through legislation about oil pipelines. <laughs> like, it's a thing. They're skating so, by. And, I mean, look, we're, 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 we, we love our Canadian uh people listeners you know, but uh your oil companies are bad and they keep <laughs> pushing their products on us and <laughs> yes i don't want it i don't want it anymore um but there's this oil pipeline that goes through michigan called enbridge line five and it goes under the straits of mackinac which is uh, a particularly sensitive area and this pipeline has been in place since 1953 like the original pipeline is there uh so it's not in great shape and uh the company would like to replace it and everyone else would like the pipeline to just go away. So they've been <laughs> spending massively and like suing people to basically force it through. Um, and it's yeah. great. We love it. <laughs> well, you know, the thing about it is that, um, 
new we know that new pipelines actually don't leak oh really interesting yeah yeah hmm. um how does that work exactly well you put the pipeline down and then what you just have to understand that uh that these with these new technologies the concerns about leaking uh pipelines are just kind of overrated like for certain portions of the Keystone pipeline have not been shut down recently after 380,000 gallon oil leak happened in North mm. Dakota, which mm. was what people were initially concerned about. And we're told that dismissively like, Oh, you just don't believe in science and engineering. So you're dumb. Right. Yeah. You know, well, so, <laughs> so what, yeah. what they did, here's the thing. This is how dumb this is in 1953. They thought we well, need to build an oil pipeline. So what they literally did is just put an oil pipeline on the bottom of the lake uh unprotected so cool. then when things like anchors hit it it leaks and they go oh well so now their solution to this version, version two of the pipeline they said oh we're gonna dig a trench and bury it and that will be less environmentally disturbing and i'm like hmm okay you're gonna dig a giant trench through the straits of mackinac and then bury the pipeline okay sure great yeah seems good Seems anyway, good. we need listen, we need the gas because it's what we use right now. Um and so we need it. <laughs> we need it. Yeah. Folks, That's basically their like whole it. argument. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. You know what? <laughs> I don't like it. I don't. <laughs> can we can we move on to something happy? <laughs> Let's do that. Let's yeah. move on. To something beautiful. You know what? Let's talk about my son. Your beautiful son. I have such an appreciation for your beautiful son. Thank Please you. tell Very us about proud. your beautiful son. Well, my my son, Brad Leone, Brad Leone, as people call him, right, uh, is a a cook and a chef personality on YouTube, right, for the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen. We love it. It's the best. Yeah, I love to see it. It's beautiful to me. He is a he is a beautiful, pure, loving soul mm -hmm. that uh, is just full of uh, energy and vim. And uh, he's he 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 hosts a show on the their YouTube channel called "It's Alive with Brad." Right. Yeah, which. Uh, I have recently partaken of. You've um, just been mainlining. <laughs> I have been mainlining it. It is a delightful show. Brad is a very good presenter. Um, and the editing is great as well. But the entire uh, Bon Appetit Test Kitchen uh, uh, body of work on YouTube is very delightful. It's the best uh, food content by far and probably some of the best content currently being created out there. Um, it's so good. It's just so good. It's very good. Um, this is an article in the show notes about um, Claire Saffitz, who is, of course, the chef for the Gourmet Makes series, where she makes gourmet versions of junk food, which is a delightful show. Who we must protect and serve and cherish. Right. And, and Claire is great. But I just want to say that I think that Brad is is and Brad's show is better than than Gourmet Makes. I'm going to I'm going to um, mm. throw that mm. hot take out there. I love Gourmet Makes. It's great. But I think it's alive is more enjoyable. I think. Um, yeah. I think Brad is is a, a a a little bit more natural of a presenter, but yeah. Um, mm -hmm. The thing about the BA Test Kitchen videos is that it's kind of a mix of like 
competency porn, like um, <laughs> people who are really good at something and you're just being able to watch them be really good at it, but also like frustration porn too. Cause like, you know, every episode of gourmet makes usually has Claire breaking down at some point over is some aspect of the recipe that she can't get quite right. So it, yeah, it's refreshing for me because I get tired of watching food stuff where, you know, everything comes out perfect all the time. It's nice to know that even the professional chefs like screw up sometimes. So yeah. very refreshing and, and healthy for me. And it's just been, um, honestly, it's a shining light amongst the darkness. It feels a little bit like the halcyon days of food network stuff. So does, yeah. I was a big, big, big fan of food network stuff when it like very first came out. Like I, I grew up watching like all of the sort of like the PBS food stuff, like Julia Child, the Galloping Gourmet. Right. I watched um French who's, Chef. Who's the Who's the chubby fellow with the bandana? Love that guy. Oh, um, I don't know. Uh, you got Emerald <laughs> though. I know that one. Well, and but that see, this is all proto that. Damn. This is before that. that and, like a big uh, bowl of pasta. <laughs> like a big bowl of pasta. There, there was the. What was his name? The Frugal Gourmet was a good one. But then okay, you know, yeah. this, this this sort of startup situation happened with the Food Network where they had people like Emeril. They had people like uh, Mario Batali. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, the, and those shows were different than these PBS ones in that a lot. sometimes they showed them like making mistakes. They kind of like had personalities and talked about things other than the food directly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, uh, it was pretty enjoyable, but then it just became a behemoth. And now you have like right. Giada makes cookies on the Italian coasts. Right. Yeah. It's a little bit show. too aspirational now. Yeah. Now it's like super, it's, it's almost indiscernible from like the, the show that you could call like the design twins. Like right. we design your home and sell it. For, it's like yeah, exactly ugh. the design twins and the design couple. <laughs> yeah, not a fan. It's just too aspirational for me and too like uh, alienating as someone who does not have money and will never probably own a home. So right. <laughs> I I just want to share. You know, I think my favorite moment so far from uh, it's alive with Brad is. Mm-hmm from the first episode the kombucha episode uh where um he completely seriously he grabs a thing of ice he says we're gonna get some ice we're gonna mix it with some water and make something very fancy called ice water and his delivery on that just got me and uh, (laughs) it was perfect good old ice water yeah water yes because he yes because he's from jersey so he has a jersey accent which also makes it beautiful uh, especially because all the edits and stuff, they intersperse little bits, making fun of his accent all the time. I'm just happy that it has been as popular as it has become. Um, and I really hope they don't ruin it. I mean, it is a uh, property of um, who's the magazine Condé Nast. Uh, Condé Nast who are known to ruin good things. Yeah. Uh, when they ha- when they somehow magically happen under their stewardship. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. They trip crossed. over themselves into something good. And then eventually they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. So Rever- to reversion it. to the mean. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy it while it lasts. But uh, my favorite thing, one of my favorite things is the uh, 
the Bon Appetit memes account on Instagram that I follow. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to tie it all together, um, I, I actually let me uh, pull this one up for the show notes and for everybody because it's uh, oh no, these are how do I find what I have favorited on on the Instagram? Um, there's got to be a way. This is eating up a bunch of airtime, huh? Well, it's fine. There's there's a there's a there's a there's a meme that uh, that that says it's it's got that what's it's got that Doge, you know? Oh yeah, the doggy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it says uh, every time Molly talks to Adam Rappaport, and then the that that's the top text, and the bottom text says, "Okay, boomer." Okay, I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this. I'm trying and I'm learning. Thank you for your patience. There's so many mistakes I have already made, but I'm working to be better day by day. I think I'm gonna make it, but for now I'll say I have no idea what I'm doing I have no idea what I'm doing